This is an audio-only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. Or go to www.memyselfanddie.com. All of the show's playlists, social media links, and other material can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. Loyally? 56. Loyally less. Loyally less. That doesn't mean anything to me. So, no, there isn't anything there. It probably means something to one of you, though. I'm sure you're going, hey, no, loyally less clearly means this, but <laughs> it doesn't mean anything to me right now, so it doesn't happen. Well, hello, and welcome back once again to Me, Myself, and I. I'm, as always, your intrepid GM host and player, Trevor DeVal. Thank you so much for joining us here today. And if you want to help support the show, please do hit like and subscribe and uh, check out the Patreon as well. We are currently trying to double our subscriptions on both YouTube and Patreon. We also have various merchandise for sale at the shop if you're interested in helping the show that way. Also, the links for all the supplements I use in the show are there in the description below the drive through RPG links. But enough of the sales pitch. Thanks for joining me here. Really, that's what counts, is that you're here now to watch Edbert go into this swamp ruin where he promised to help Slista, the lizard man, reawaken or retrieve some item or power that, that is resting inside this ruin that will aid the lizard men in defending themselves against the pirates of Dangmarsh. So, what is that? What's the name of the place? What's the purpose of the place? I have no idea. So I'm going to try something totally new this time. I'm going to be using a bunch of different supplements. I'm going to be using the Raging Swan Press Dungeon Dressing GM's Miscellany Book for sure. I'm also probably going to be winding up using Random Tables 2. And I'm definitely going to be using the Tome of Adventure Design because this thing is chock full of all kinds of wonderful goodness. But this is all supplemental because the real thing I'll be using is the mythic location crafter and specifically the tools used to design a dungeon on the fly which is used in the mythic magazine i think the the issue is number three anyway there'll be a link to that in the description below i've never used this thing before so i don't know how it's gonna go i'm gonna try and explain it a little bit as i go but i don't want to bog the show down too much with a bunch of rules explanations but i'll try and keep you appraised of how this is working but before we do anything further we need to talk about edbert and his advancement points i've given him 10 for his antics last session uh of which he's going to spend five points to raise his alertness to six and he's going to another five points to raise his stealth to six he'll have one left over for luck uh, but i've been reading a lot of your comments both uh here on youtube as well as on the discord sometimes i dig into the discord channels just to see what y'all are talking about in there there's been a very interesting through line about edbert's knowledge of necromancy uh it was established pretty much early in season one that edbert for some reason had a bunch of knowledge of ghosts, spirits, necromancy, this kind of stuff. Some of it was because he was haunted by Sherilyn for uh, as long as he was. But I've decided to incorporate that into the game. I think that he really should have lore undead under uh, intellect as a skill, and I've just, I've just given it to him at four. So thanks, you guys, for pointing that out and um, talking about that, because it really does make sense that he would have some sort of 
uh, skill that can be reflected uh, mechanically about how he understands so much about spirits and undead. Okay, that is that. So let us get into the proper scene. Our chaos factor is at six. Is the scene interrupted or whatchamacallit? Seven. No, it is not either altered or interrupted. So scene proceeds as usual. We now move on to the ruin itself. So Slista and a couple of his guards lead Edbert for several hours through the bog. There is almost no sunlight getting through whatsoever. It is dank and murky. The entire landscape is dotted with tiny little hillocks rising out of the bog with stunted, decaying, and dead trees. Their limbs reaching up to the sky like skeletal fingers. There's a hideous smell of rotten eggs everywhere you go because it is a marsh after all. Splashing through the bog, trying to keep the highland as best he can, Edward finally emerges into an area where he sees the ruin in front of him. So, Slista, what can you tell me about this place? First of all, what do they call it? What an excellent question. Let us go, haha, to start things off to our dungeon dressing book to get a name. Proper names. This before you is the ruins of Daylor. Right, okay, and uh, what was it? I'm gonna go to my location crafter here. Dungeon story descriptors. So I gotta roll twice and we'll see what it comes up with and that will inform the sort of backstory of this thing. So first of all, 44, the source of a mystery. And the second one, Ancient dungeon is going to be 72. No one who has gone in has come out. Okay, that's great. It's a source of a mystery and no one who has gone in has come out. So it's full of deadly traps, probably. The source of a mystery, the power that resides within that Slistaw wants Edward to awaken or to retrieve is a complete mystery even to Slista. I don't even think the lizard folk understand what it is that's there, but they do know that it's going to be of help to them somehow. So, what is the general feel, what is the general description of this particular ruin? Again, we take two and add them together and we get cold. Cold. Interesting. It's unusual in a tropical location. Hmm. Perhaps that's connected with the mystery. 37. Active natural elements such as flowing lava, underground river, rushing wind. Underground river is probably the most likely one, so we're gonna, just going to say that. And now we're going to fill out just a few things on the known elements region sheet. This is a sheet that asks us what we know about this place so far. What do we know about the location? It's cold, there's an underground river, so what is known about that? You will have to take great care inside. This is part of the reason why my people cannot enter this place. It is heresy, as I have previously expounded upon. However, the area itself is preternaturally cold. And as we are cold-blooded, not like you humans who have the heat of your pumping blood filling your veins, if we were to go too far into the ruin, the coldness would cause us to cease to be able to move. So there's going to be iced over area. We also know that um, there's probably going to be flooded areas because of the underground river. That's a known location in there. Known encounters? The power that resides within the ruin is unknown to all, even to us. I have divined through dreams and visions that that which exists within the ruin will be of help to Slistar and his people. But the details are unfortunately as murky as the bog water around us. I can tell you this. No one who has entered 
has ever come out. It is known that the place is filled with terrible traps to prevent the unwary intruder from getting further in. Traps. Right. Perfect. What kind of trap? We don't know. I'm just going to say deadly traps. Well, we know that the object in question is the mysterious power item. <laughs> we don't know anything about it. We just know that something is in the, the ruins. So that's about all I know for sure. So that's enough for now. We haven't yet determined what exactly this thing is, whether it's a ruined castle or whether it's an underground cap. I suspect, actually, just based on my instinct, that what Edward sees is uh, a marshy hill that rises from the muck and the, the surrounding bog. You know, dead trees everywhere, just like there is everywhere else. But I think that there's the ancient ruins of what was once a, a set of towers that have fallen down on each other. So it's almost like, imagine there's like four towers and they've all kind of collapsed in, almost forming like a teepee shape, sort of. But, you know, these towers were huge. They were like 100 feet tall or whatever whatever the case they were, maybe of varying heights. I think the vast majority of them are crumbling, like there's not really a lot left of them. It's largely big chunks of masonry and stuff that have fallen and half sunk into the surrounding muck. As they make their way into the ruined courtyard, towers have fallen everywhere around them like this. Slistos stops. Alas, I can go no further. And I think he even begins to shiver a bit because there is the definite sense of cold coming from this ruin. And because, yeah, because this, this ruin itself is generating some sort of unnatural cold, the whole area is thick with like a pea soup fog or condensation where the coldness is meeting the humid air of the surrounding island. So this whole, whole area, it's almost impossible to see anything. You, you can barely see your hand in front of your face because of the thick, thick, thick fog. And it is, as soon as Edbert sort of steps into the fog, he can feel the tingly sensation of cold. Alas, we may go no further. The rest is on you. But be assured, human, Slistar will use all of his powers to convince any pirate interlopers who may come looking for you that you did not pass the way you came, through the powers of illusion that I have generated, I will be able to mask your footsteps into our realm. Right, well, thank you for that. Um, I guess I'll see you when I get back. Good luck to you, as he kind of recedes back into the fog. Edward is left in this thick fog poking around the air, uh, the, the courtyard, the ruined courtyard, looking for some kind of entrance. I suspect that the entrance to the first area is going to be like a covered over stone stairway going down into the darkness, but it's going to be completely covered by fallen uh, masonry. It's going to be covered by vines, maybe some, you know, water. So I'm not going to make Edward roll to find it because he will eventually find it. You know, he's, he's stumbling through the fog, very carefully poking around, looking to see if he can feel anything underneath the, the fog until finally he comes across overgrown, covered up set of stone stairs that goes down into the ground itself. He lights his torch. Oh, yes, he does. He lights his torch and <laughs> proceeds down the stairs into the first area. Well, we have our area elements table and we're going to roll once on each chart. We're going to roll 1d10 plus the progress points of each category. Don't have any progress points yet because you haven't rolled. Basically, every time you roll in the category, you add one so that gradually you're rolling higher and higher numbers. Okay. So, Small location, 1d10, it's gonna be two. The location is as expected. Encounters, 
One, none. No one counters. Objects, three, no objects. So it is, there's really not a whole lot here. So our first area, it's as expected. I'm expecting it to be just some sort of general entrance chamber. There's no encounters, there's no objects. So let's just get a sense of this location. So we're gonna roll percentiles on the locations random element descriptors table and get a 31. Full. It's full of water. Parts of this area are flooded. So as, as Edbert comes down the stairs, he comes into a chamber that is flooded already. And he only goes about 20, 30 feet down into the, into the earth when he immediately notices the cold. He can start to see the breath coming out of, his, out, of his, out of his mouth as it gets colder and colder. But he comes down into an area that is full of water. I think it's only ankle deep. It's not like it's completely flooded, but certainly he has to kind of slosh his way through this open chamber. So what's the connector getting out of here? This is another way uh, you can determine what the exit looks like. What is the connector getting out of here? 39, as expected. Well, the expected thing would be a corridor going forward. He sloshes through the water, ankle deep water. It's very, very cold. There's no encounters here, so there's no creatures in it. And he continues on ahead. We've just added progress points to each location, counter, and object. Which means that now when we determine the elements for area two, we're going to add plus one to this roll. 1 10 plus one, six. Expected. <laughs> Encounters, eight. Expected. Again, I'm not exactly sure what is expected here. I, I would expect that the area, whatever it is, is still going to be full of water because the water's continuing on. I would expect it to continue to be cold, but there is an encounter here. What is an expected encounter? Probably nothing too deadly, but we do know that there are traps. So my question is, and I'm gonna ask the fate chart on this, is there a trap in the second area underneath the water? Well, we know the place is supposedly full of deadly traps, so I'm gonna say it is very likely. Chaos factor six. Is there a trap under the water? 85, 90 is a yes. So yes, there is a deadly trap under the water. So I guess the first thing is, is does Edbert see it? Does he, you know, he's prodding forward with his sword, his torch in his hand like this. His alertness is six, nine. He does not see the trap. Let's go to the Tome of Adventure Design here. In order to get a sense of what this trap might be, let's let's see if there's a particular name to this area. Area names involving water. This is table 342 in uh, the Tome of Adventure Design. 41, the frog. <laughs> 53, the frog ponds. So as Edbert walks into this chamber filled with ankle-deep water, I think the, the, the water level gets higher, so it becomes a little slightly deeper. There's a slight grade as he goes down to the second area. He's carefully moving forward, but what he doesn't see at all is the pair of bulbous eyes that rise over the water over here in the corner. And as he moves towards this far corridor, the bulbous eyes splash forth from the water into the shape of a gargantuan toad, probably poisonous. This thing leaps at Edward from behind, taking him by surprise. Oh no, this is terrible. Combat! So first of all, this toad, he needs a few stats. It has a bite attack of, it's not gonna be super great. I think we're gonna make it five. It has a dodge a, a defensive skill, which is probably pretty fast, uh, but it is slightly cold in here. So maybe that's inhibiting it a little bit. I was gonna make it seven, but let's make it six. Does it have a poisonous bite? 
I'm gonna say I hope not. <laughs> it's probably somewhat likely, actually. Uh, 46. Yes, it does have a poisonous bite. Uh-oh. The move is pretty fast. I'm gonna make his move six. We'll say the timing is, uh, five. And the withstand injury. Uh, it's, you know, it's a huge toad. I'm gonna call it, um, seven. Okay, well, unfortunately, Edward is taken completely by surprise by this attack, so that means in this first round, he's not going to be able to, to really do anything. The Toad basically getting a free attack on Edbert. Ooh, my goodness, his strike is five, and he rolls six, so the Toad goes launching itself at Edbert. Edbert spins around. It snaps at him with these big sort of gibbous, rubbery jaws. Kareem's past him, splashes in the water, launches itself off the wall into a defensive crouch, ready to attack again. Luckily, it missed, so we go back into a regular round. Timing rolls. Edbert, his timing is going to be plus one. The frogs is at plus five. Because mm -hmm. Edbert's using a longsword. Frog goes first. Edbert must declare first. Well, he's taken totally... Uh, by surprise, he sees this thing. I think he's going to step back and bring his shield up. If he wants to use the shield properly, he's going to have to drop the torch. But if he drops the torch, it's going to be extinguished in the water. So I think the shield isn't really going to re... I don't think he's going to be able to use effectively use his shield to block. In this case, he's going to have to parry. So he moves back. He goes to parry and then uh, declares a strike as well. Unfortunately, he's minus one to everything he does because of the water. And he's going to have a minus one multi-action penalty as well for parrying and attacking at the same time. The, the toad sees this. It's not bothering to defend itself. It's launching itself directly at him so it will attack normally it goes first but before we do that we do the modifier phase this is edbert doing a parry of seven minus two one for the water one for multi-action is going to make it five does he parry he does so the frog is at minus two the frog's rolling to attack at three which it misses which means that edbert is now able to take advantage of that and drive his blade at the oncoming toad and hopefully hit him bad he's attacking at uh, nine and he will hit with a five. The creature is going to do a withstand injury roll against that of seven. It will fail, which means the thing takes five damage. It goes down to two, so Edbert skewers this, this thing's blubbery mass as it launches itself at him, kind of careens over him. He's able to pull the blade out just in time as it splashes into the water back. It's wounded fairly badly. Here's the thing. Is it going to continue the attack, or is it going to try and escape? I think that it may have just discovered that this prey is far too um, dangerous for it. So I think it's gonna. Uh, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna run away. I'm gonna give it a likely runaway chance. 85% chance. Yes, it does. It, it doesn't howl in pain because it's a frog. Maybe it croaks with pain. It splashes into the water and vanishes underneath the water. Edbert is is moving back and forth, waving his torch in the darkness, trying to see where this thing has gone for. It is completely dark in here, except for that torch. He would be really hooked if he didn't have that light. But the thing has vanished, perhaps, to return at a later date. Okay. Well, the frog ponds have uh, sprung their trap. But Edbert is as of yet unscathed. He's still unsure as to what the function of this place is. Maybe if he goes deeper in, he will get a better idea. Deeper in, he goes. What is the connector here? The ancient dungeon, 73. Same with intersection. Edbert goes through the corridor, which presumably still has water in it, comes to an intersection. Is there anything in this intersection that might 
give him a sense of what this whole rune is because he still doesn't know. Let's do it. Let's roll on the descriptor. The descriptor, meaning tables, descriptions. Location crafter 67. Loyally. 56. Loyally less. Loyally less. That doesn't mean anything to me. So, no, there isn't anything there. It probably means something to one of you, though. I'm sure you're going, hey, no, loyally less clearly means this, but <laughs> it doesn't mean anything to me right now. So, didn't happen. He's moving on. He's going to go straight, I think, into area three. Area elements. Location. This is plus two. Six. Expected. Encounters. Plus two. Twelve. None. And objects. Plus two is ten. Random. So expected area element. I'm going to roll on the description meaning tables for inspiration. Maybe it'll give me some inspiration. 68. Majestically. 39. Majestically glorious, majestically glorious. I think this is a cathedral of sorts. I think this is some sort of holy place. I know, I know, another temple. I know this series is rife with temples, but there it is, it's majestically glorious. Probably some water, although I suspect a lot of the water has sort of drained away from this, so maybe there's cracks in the floor or something that have, that have uh, allowed the water to seep out. But there's a random object in it. And what is that? It is 42 light. 64, useful. Light, useful. There is an altar at the far end. Ooh, an altar at the far end. And there is something light and useful. Let's go to the Tome of Adventure Design and look at altars, probably where this object is. What is the surface of the altar? 36. Glowing amphibians in glass globes. Oh, that, well, that's light. That's neat. Sides of the altar. 08. Religious imagery. Table 356. The burial of a hero or saint. As Edward walks into this room, which is blessedly free of water, he can see that it has large arched uh, uh, ceilings, but it's completely dark now, except for a strange greenish glow at the far end of the chamber with an, uh, an altar on it. And he can see as he gets very, uh, as he gets closer to it, that the sides of the altar are all carved with exquisite carvings that show some sort of hero or saint was that a human is it lizard man i don't know we'll have to determine that but on the altar itself is a series of glass globes and inside are glowing amphibians which is bathing the whole far end of that chamber in this weird green light are the amphibians alive or are they an architectural feature no idea 50 50 Yes, they are. I don't really see them as globes. I see them more as like cylinders, maybe in some sort of wooden set or something, or stone set. Edward goes up to it and he sees these. They are alive. They're clearly alive. Uh, are they spawn? Are they like, um, are they tadpoles? Are they basically the young of the lizard folk? Ooh, I don't know. Actually, that's probably, I mean, maybe. Let's call that somewhat likely on Chaos Factor 6. Yes, the answer is yes. So somebody, they're alive. So somebody breeding them down here? This is so strange. There's also these beautiful carvings of a saint. Well, here's my question for that. Is the saint or hero, is it a lizard man? I'm gonna say likely. Oh, it's not an extreme no, but it's a no. It's not a lizard man. Well, then it's a human. It is a human. Now here's maybe a clue that this place was not built by the lizard folk. This was built by humans. This ancient, ancient cathedral under these 
series of towers in the swamp. Maybe it wasn't always a swamp. Maybe this island was something else. Maybe some cataclysm happened where now the, the island is completely covered in swamp. It is a source of a mystery and it is cold. That's an interesting idea. I wonder if whatever happened in this ruin basically caused the flooding. Oh, that's an interesting idea because again, underground river in this room. Yeah, I think something happened in this temple, in this cathedral, in this underground crypt, whatever it is, that caused the flooding of the island and created the conditions surrounding the town of Dengmarsh. So in a way, the source of the swamp in Dengmarsh is this place. Hmm, that's interesting. Okay, all right, good to know. So it's a human hero or saint well a little world building here is it a saint uh, associated with a god of the sea we already know there are gods of the sea is this saint or hero is it a priest or priestess of devona the goddess of the sea that was trying to cause the tidal wave to swamp Pundatora? i like that idea call it likely 27 is a yes so this temple this cathedral this is a holy place dedicated to the goddess of the sea the bitch queen, the, do the goddess of the sea, who is uh, also the goddess of the storm. Oh, that makes sense, of course. So, so Devona probably is responsible for flooding this whole, whole island. She's got a real thing for flooding human uh, settlements, doesn't she? Okay, all right. So, Edbert immediately sees the symbology carved into that altar, and he recognizes it right away because he's seen it in the in the cultists of Devona that attacked Hundatora. Oh, am I gonna have to deal with you again? Great. He takes the little glass vial with the swimming tadpoles in it, glowing green. He tucks it into his shirt. It sort of gives off a bit of a green glow, which is the same as a torch, essentially. So he doesn't have to worry about the torch now. He douses his torch and straps his shield on, so now he can use his shield as he's got kind of this, this series of glass vials uh, strapped to his chest, uh, giving this odd green glow as he goes, Fourth, let's hope he doesn't get hit in the chest, otherwise it might smash the vials. But, okay, is there an exit to this room? I'm going to say very unlikely. Uh, the answer is no. So, Edbert looks around, but there's no other way out of this room. He goes back to the intersection, having now discovered a little bit more about what this complex is, in fact, all about. It is an ancient cathedral dedicated to the goddess Devona. The great mystery, the source of the mystery of this place is that Devona's cult, Devona's priestesses, for whatever reason, in back in the mists of time, caused this underground river to erupt and, and flow up over the island, basically drowning it and turning the whole thing into a swamp. So there's some big backstory there that Edbert may or may not uh, get involved in. But for the moment, he's still looking for this power. Well, He's now afraid that this power might have something to do with Devona. This power... This power that can protect the lizard men from the humans? You know what this is. Slista wants Edbert to awaken some, some religious artifact or some aspect of Devona that lies sleeping somewhere in the bowels of this complex. Ooh, that complicates things. He hates Devona. <laughs> for obvious reasons but he did give them the word okay he's gonna have to find a little bit more okay that's uh, uh, that's 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 a big revelation he goes back down and heads this away down the corridor location element is five expected what about encounters known or special and objects plus four is gonna be 
Again, 13. Known or special. Okay, well, whatever he walks into is going to be a very interesting room. What is an expected location in what we now know to be a religious kind of area? So let's get a name for this area. 55. The Grizzly. <laughs> 98. The Grizzly Vestry. It is a chamber where the ancient priests and priestesses of Devona would prepare themselves. It's a vestry, so there's going to be a lot of ancient rotting wooden cabinets with all sorts of priestly vestments and things like this. There's going to be preparation areas, smaller little altars everywhere, that, that kind of stuff. However, there is a known or special encounter. Deadly Trap is the first one that comes here. There is a deadly trap, which we're going to deal with in a second, but in terms of the object, there's a special object. Requires a roll in the special element table. 99. Oh. Treat this as an expected element for objects. Okay. Eliminate three progress points for this category. Progress points for objects go down to two. It becomes an expected object. So I think that what it is is uh, it's a grizzly vestry. I think that there are, in fact, religious vestments and robes hanging in these, these, these ruined, decayed cabinets. Something happened here. Grizzly vestry. I think that there was a big slaughter here. So I think there's areas of dried blood that oh you know what it did say we know about this place that no one who goes in ever came out again is this a spot where previous adventurers came in and got killed by the deadly trap oh probably because we know that this is the oh 94 no it's not okay so in fact the slaughter that happened here happened long long ago the bloodstains are ancient but there, there are skeletons about probably some of these Devonan priests, maybe maybe somebody else. He, he can't really be sure. There's just skeletons everywhere, blood everywhere. There is a, probably another exit from this, uh, from this vestry. But the trap. Does Edbert notice the trap? Whatever it is, alertness of six. He does. Okay, what is the trap that Edbert just successfully avoided? 72. Rivulet or water channel crosses path. Makes perfect sense in this case. 72 again. It is used as a missile fire ambush. Okay, so this vestry is partially flooded, but mostly in the center. The room is bisected by a section of that underground river that we know exists. So the water here is is flowing uh, quite quickly from one hole uh, in, in the wall where part of the, the wall is broken open, probably from the force of the water. The, the river has, has forced its way in, but it's kind of running through a, a lower depression in the center of the floor and exiting on the far side of the channel. So missile fire ambush. So Edward comes up and he can see that the skeletons are almost all on either side of the river. It, and, and, and a lot of them have uh, arrows stuck in their bones or, you know, around the area. So it looks like they were ambushed by Arrows, bows and arrows, this kind of stuff. Whatever happened here obviously happened a long time ago. This was not adventurers plundering. But there's no other objects in here. He's avoided the deadly trap because the deadly trap was many, many years ago. Luckily. Woo! What is the exit to this area? Zero four. A simple hallway. Edward is able to ford this underground river quite easily because, again, it's only like going to be like three feet deep tops as it's kind of bursting in and bisecting the room. So he's able to, to, to get across the water, no problem. Uh, there's nothing of interest in the cabinets. He kind of does a quick once over, but there's really nothing to find. There's no interesting objects here. So he sees a quarter on the far wall and he continues on his green light from these tadpoles uh, lighting the way as he goes through this Temple of Devona location. This is where it gets interesting now because there's different progress points. So the location is rolling at plus five. So is encounter, but objects are only rolling at plus two. Location at plus five. 13. 
Known or special. Encounters at plus five is 11. Known or random. And objects are only at plus two. So eight. Expected. Okay, so known or special. Well, known location. We have iced over area, flooded area. Iced over area? Yeah, so whatever this area is, it's going to be iced over. The cold has gotten far more intense. I think Edbert knows he's on the right track because he starts going down. There is a definite grade in the floor as this, this corridor takes him down and things get even colder now. He can start to... He can definitely see his breath, but he can start to hear this weird sound, this... And he realizes it's his teeth as he's sort of chattering. He's not exactly kitted out for uh, winter weather here. So, um, yeah, it's, it's quite unpleasant. As he begins to move down this corridor, he can see that there are delicate crystals of frost cloaking the interior of this corridor. So we know whatever it is, it's iced over, but let's do a special element here. 57. Exit here. This area, in addition to whatever else it contains, also holds an exit from the region, if it is possible. As he comes through, I think it's a collapsed hallway. There was a much greater chamber beyond, but the ceiling has collapsed, and he can see up this slope of jagged, jagged, ice-covered rubble that way up, like maybe 50 feet up, he can just see the gray, murky light of day kind of poking through what must be the remains of, of bits of blocks or, 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 you know, a section of a wall uh, overgrown with vines and things like this. But he can definitely see that if he was to somehow traverse up this ice-covered, ruinous slope, he could get out this way. So there is an exit there. Okay, and now the encounter. Well, let's do random. This is for encounters. What is the random element here? Zero eight. Busy. 13. Combative. So something is busily at work here and it is fighting? Fighting amongst themselves, whatever they are. Action and subject. What is the nature of these things? 58. Betray. 60. Betray misfortune. Uh, you know what it is? <laughs> I think as Edbert starts to come closer to the area, he hears the sounds of combat and he hears the sounds of human voices. And as he gets a little closer, he's going to try and sneak up. But what he kind of sees up ahead, he, he covers the green glow uh, to enable him to sneak up in the darkness. But he sees up ahead, there's a couple of flickering torches right at the base of this slope, this icy slope that's rising to the exit. And I think what he sees is a couple of pirates, probably from Dengmarsh, who got down here, who invaded this place, and who are horribly wounded by the various traps. They've seen this exit, and now they're trying to escape, but... Maybe one of them is trying to escape and the other one's trying to hold him back for whatever reason. Maybe one's escaping with a, a valuable piece of treasure or something, leaving the other one to die. That sounds something like pirates would do. In fact, that's pretty cool. I'm going to say that's exactly what it is. So, Edward's going to try and sneak up to get uh, a better listen at these guys. His stealth is six. He's doused the light. I'm going to give him plus three. So, stealth is nine on this one. Oh, unfortunately, he fails. So as he's moving up very quietly, I think what happens is because the entire corridor is rhymed with frost, he slips a bit and has to slap the wall to kind of catch himself. And that sound is what alerts the two pirates. One of them is trying to scramble up the slope. The other one is pulling them down. Here's the thing. Do they hear Edbert or are they too focused with their own combat amongst themselves? Uh, I'm going to give it the, the skill alertness of four in this case because of circumstance. Oh, 12. They absolutely do not. So even though Edbert failed his stealth, they are totally focused on each other. Just by looking at them, he can see they're in rough shape. They've clearly been down here a while. They've, they've clearly have run out of rations. They're emaciated, wounded, covered in blood and grime. I think Edbert, he knows that they might know something about this place. 
but he doesn't want to in, get involved in a fight. I think he's just going to wait. <laughs> he sits in the darkness and waits to see what happens. So here's the thing. Does one of them best the other and kill the other? Let's call that very likely. Zero four extreme, yes. So I think it's the one that's trying to escape with the object. And as the other one is trying to pull at his breeches and his boots to, to pull him back down, he, he, says, he says to him, Get down here! You're not getting away without me! Ah! And the other one, Stop it! Stop it! You're too weak to come with me! And they, he slides down and, and eventually knives come out and they begin to stab at each other. And very quickly, the stronger one, the more healthy one, manages to plunge the dagger into the chest of the other one who cries ah! out in pain and drops dead immediately from the hit. Now, at this point, Edward is still standing in sort of the darkness, the, the hallway, but he did fail. He did fail his, his stealth. So at this point, once the pirate has killed the other one, the pirate looks at him, sees him, and kind of whips the, the knife around in a defensive posture. And again, this guy's wounded and hurt. Oh, yeah, maybe he's not a pirate. Maybe he's a member of one of the great powers. Are these guys crewmen on board a vessel that belongs to one of the great powers? 50-50. Yes, they are. Edward thought that they were pirates, but in fact, they're sailors. He can see that they're wearing the livery of the nation. Hmm, what nation? Let us go to Random Tables 5. What is the name? What are the great powers? 18. Tikal Dandala. Ooh, I like Tikal Dandala, but Tikal Dandala sounds more like it would be a Spanish influence. So it's very likely that our friend Carlos was from Tikal Dandala. All right, so Edward comes in here. His sword is raised. This other sailor from Tikal Dandala is standing over the body of his late comrade. He's got his long knife in front of him. Again, emaciated, wounded, not in great shape. Who are you? What are you doing here? My name is Edbert, and I could ask the same of you, Mr. Uh... Zanathar's Guide to Everything. 36. Pascual. I am Pascual of the... Of the ship names. 54. Of the dromedary. The camel? Let's find out about Pasquale. We're using maze rats here. What is his personality? One and three. Cautious. Okay. Mannerisms. Six and three. Talks to self. <laughs> I am Pasquale of the Dromedary from Tika Dondala. Stay back. I do not wish to kill you like I had to kill my friend. I should not have killed my friend, but he got in the way. Always my friends are getting in the way. I'm just trying to get out of here a lot. What's that you're saying? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Just stay back. I, 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 I am being overly cautious whilst I talk to myself. Pasquale, what is he, what is he, um, hiding? What object is it? Let's go to random tables too. What is he escaping with? A ceramic funeral urn from one of the crypt areas in this underground cathedral. So... It's probably of some value. It's probably filigreed with gold and silver. Otherwise, why would he why would he be protecting it? Why would he be trying to escape with this? And he, but he holds it under his, you know, tattered cloak, basically, holding his knife forward. Listen, I'm not interested in your babble there. I'm interested in what lies at the heart of this cathedral area. Do you understand? There's something at the heart of this place that I need to find. How far did you get? Don't you mean... The area where the heart of Devona resides? The heart of Devona? Yeah, that sounds like it might be what I'm looking for. <laughs> I have been there, but I must warn you, stranger, whoever you are, you do not want to go down there. The place is laden with traps and ice. You've already seen all the traps in here, right? So you can lead me through them safely. Come on now, Pasquale, what have I got to do to convince you to stay here and help old Edward, huh? This guy clearly wants to get out of here. I'm going to give Edward a persuade attempt, 
at the very least then, before you go, give me some sort of idea what I'm up against when I get down there. Or a map, or something like that. I'm gonna give Edward a plus one for this, so his persuade is now five. Can he persuade him to give him some sort of map which will allow him to bypass the worst of the traps, let's say? No! Any traps that we have sprung are already sprung. You will be able to see them for yourself. As for a map, I do not have any memory of this place. We fled as soon as we grabbed anything of value. This place is dead. Death! And you should leave this place as I am about to do. I warn you, stranger. Do not try to stop me. He will not try to stop us, will he? No, he cannot. He, possibly, he cannot possibly try to stop us. No, don't, don't try to stop me! Right, okay, fine. Fine. All right, Edward lets him go. <laughs> As he scrambles his way up this icy slope, trying to escape. There are no other exits from this area, so Edward goes back to the main chamber but as the progress points begin to mount it's going to bring us ever closer to the complete entry which means that he will find the source of Devo devona's heart whatever that is i just made it up <laughs> i guess we'll find out what it is but overall we've discovered quite a bit about this place and what's going on we're gonna have to discover the rest next time on the next episode of me myself and i when we come in for part two of edbert's delve into this swamp ruin and uh, the quest for the heart of devona probably not gonna work out too well for old edbert <laughs> nonetheless thank you so much for joining me here today and please do hit like and subscribe if you do enjoy the show or if you want to help us out on patreon the link for that and all the other links are in the show description below thank you so much once again and we will see you next time on me myself and die